join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Suzanne Hanna is a healer, visionary, writer, and inspirational speaker. She is the creator of the Wilderness Walk Movement, an experiential hero's journey, where she has helped hundreds of men and women move through their fear and pain as a way to live a more inspired and wholehearted life. During our conversation, we explore how all humans experience trauma, leading us to close ourselves off as a form of self-protection. She shares how we can reprogram this response and be more open. We both believe it is important to heal ourselves, honor ourselves to serve the greater good, and create global impact. We also spend a moment looking at why we can and must invest resources in ourselves and how this is a reflection of how we support our own personal growth. When we travel, it can be a place to notice how our emotions are the human equalizer. Taking a journey with a small group and being witnessed allows us the opportunity to see ourselves in each other. This dissipates that otherness that allows us to see, I am human, just like you. When we step in and embody courage, we allow others to step in and embody courage as well. Join me now for my conversation with the lovely Suzanne Hanna. I am so excited today to be here talking with Suzanne Hanna from Global Healing Collective and Wilderness Walk. And I'm also, I'm really excited because this conversation is going to be a little bit different than some of the ones I've already had because um, while you're not really in the travel industry per se, um, travel is a big part of many of the experiences that you create. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it from that perspective. Um, but the first thing I would love to do um, is just give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, share a little bit about the work that you do, and let our listeners get the chance to know who you are. Great. I have so many things. Yes, travel is a huge, 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 huge part of what I do. But um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Suzanne Hanna. I am the founder and creator of the Global Healing Collective, which is a nonprofit organization that supports the evolution and the amplification of leadership. And I am also the founder and creator of the Wilderness Walk, which is a high-end personal transformation program that I do all over the world 
um, a lot for leaders, solopreneurs, people moving through transitions. And a lot of it is based on deep, deep shadow work so that we can accept and integrate all aspects of ourselves, both dark and light. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so what I really want to dive into um, is the aspect of transformational travel, because that's where we have one of the many things I think that we have in common, but is really intentionally looking at the power of travel to transform. And I think a lot of times, um, well, I think innately transformation happens when we travel. It just does, but sometimes we don't notice it. And I think that for both you and I, we are very intentional about noticing it. We do it on purpose. Travel is the vehicle for that transformation. And we build that into what we offer. And so I would love to talk to you a little bit about um, why you why you decided to bring those together or how you saw saw travel and transformation connecting and aligning an inner transformation with this physical journey and how they work together. So I, I could literally say this in one sentence, but I will elaborate. But the biggest piece is that we transform an experience. And a lot of times what happens is that we spend so much time in our heads, so, many so much time in trying to understand, trying to rationalize, trying to learn, trying to grow through the cognitive parts of our brain. And what we're really missing out on is the actual experience that needs to happen in order for us to heal in our body. Um, and I believe that, that true healing, cellular healing happens in the body, it doesn't happen in the mind. And one of the things that travel helps with and being able to be in places, and for me particularly, I, I do a lot of my work in nature. So I take people to um, places, I've done them all over the world, Alaska, Costa Rica, um, Peru, all of these different places where when people get immersed in nature and they're away from their familiar environment, there is something that happens to the senses that doesn't happen when we're in our familiar environment. So we learn to see things differently. We hear things differently. We, uh, we, everything we touch feels different. Um, so when our senses are more alive, so is our body. And when our body is more alive, so is our ability to heal. And so for me, there is, um, we don't heal in concept, we heal in experience. And travel to me is a huge part of that. And everything from even just getting on a plane or getting in a car or however you're going to travel to a certain location, from the moment you get off, from the moment you first see this new frontier, this new land, from the time that you get into connection with other people you may be traveling with or even solo travel, because I've done a lot of that on my own, um, there's something that awakens in you that is unexplainable. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And therein lies some of my challenges because it's unexplainable. And so many people want to understand what they're doing before they invest their time and their energy and 
um, financial commitment. Um, and it, it's very hard to, unless you've kind of been in this space and you've been seeking these types of experiences and you're kind of just open to a blanket yes, <laughs> it's very hard to share exactly what what's going to happen in this process. And it's impossible to share because every single person is going to have a different experience and a different outcome. We just mm -hmm. kind of hold the, the space for it to happen. And then it takes its own path. And I'm sure that you can also speak to that. And I think that's the beauty is that it does meet people where they are. And some people can really be overcoming um, language barriers and discomfort with food or uh, senses of they haven't been in nature in this way. And some people are really diving in at a whole different level and it can happen simultaneously and, um, and still be valuable to everyone at every different level. Um, so I, I love thinking about it. I love that idea. Um, of both trying to explain and not be able to explain <laughs> what it is. Well, if you think about it, you know, from the moment we're born, we sit out on a pilgrimage. You know, we come into this world being put out on a journey. And I use that word a lot in my work. I call, you know, taking the journey home for the work that I do. And so everything in life is, is anything that's new, let's put it that way, is a journey, is an adventure. And um, even if we've been to a particular place in the past, there are never two experiences that are the same. And we are hardwired to gravitate towards what is familiar. We just are. That's how we are conditioned. We don't necessarily like uncertainty. We don't like unknowns. And yet, each and every one of us is called to adventure. You know, it's the whole hero's journey, right? So from, we all know this through times in our life where we just feel this inner call, this inner pull to go on a pilgrimage, to go on an adventure, to see something new, to experience something new. Um, and when we do that and we say yes to that call, we are never the same person when we return. So it doesn't matter how grand the transformation is or how small the transformation is, you are never the same. And what I tell people all the time is that if you're feeling a nudge, if you're feeling a call, if you're wanting or seeking change, if you're wanting or seeking adventure, if you're, you're willing to go out of your comfort zone, you're willing to take a risk, um, it pays off in spades because at the end of our lives, when we look back over the course of our journey from the time we were born till today, we don't remember the cognitive experiences. We remember the physical ones. We remember the times that, you know, we held a child for the first time. We remember the experience of, you know, riding a horse for the first time. We, we remember, you know, seeing a new land for the first time. And so what I say to people all the time is that if your life is not pickled with adventure, then you are missing out on a huge part of what it means to be alive and to say yes to these adventures and yes to journeys and yes to transformation. We are here 
for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is the evolution of our soul. Our soul doesn't evolve if we stay only in what is familiar and what we know. So to me, yes, it's unexplainable, and yet we have all been in that place where we just feel called to something new. Oh, there's so many good things in there that I'm like, oh, what about this and this? Um, one, I love that I just had this reflection on the word adventure and it's one of my values. And I remember the first time I did a values exercise and that popped up and I thought, well, of course it is because I travel and, and actually I love adventurous travel experiences. But when you think about it, it's... Um, adventure is just kind of this other word for exploration and, um, and immersing yourself in the world. And so that, um, kind of opened a new door for me. So I appreciate that. (laughs) And also thinking about, I think when you start thinking about journey, which is one of another one of my very favorite words as well, I feel it's so much more powerful and it includes not just travel, but the whole process of, being aware, having the call, all of that is a part of the journey, finding the actual trip that you're going to take. And then what happens after is, is the journey and it's the journey within your journey. Um, so I, I love that, that word as well. And I also think then when we start thinking about it through that lens, then we can look at um, how we can bring that into our daily lives, which it for me is really important. That's what I I would love for people when they travel to be able to take what they've experienced and incorporate it. But then right now where we can't travel um, as easily as we would like, I'm often thinking about, okay, what is my community getting from the actual travel experience and how can we pull that back? So if we start thinking about transformation and adventure in that way, it can be anytime we leave the door. It can be when we're not leaving because we're not leaving. I mean, we can still be on an adventure. We can still be seeking transformation. So it just opens the door to so much possibility with that. And I don't, I would love to hear what you, what, what that says for you. <laughs> oh my God. I could, I literally could write a book about this. So, um, the moment we wake up and open our eyes, we are on an adventure. And one of the biggest pain points that I hear from people over and over and over again is that they just feel like they're going through the motions. Like life has become very routine. Life has become very, um, you know, hard. I hear that word a lot. You know, it's very hard. And one of the greatest gifts from Thich Nhat Hanh and, and, and a lot of the Buddhist traditions is this concept of doing anything through our senses brings us aliveness. So if you think about this, you know, I'm going to use something very mundane like doing the dishes. You know, you're doing the dishes. How often do you actually stop and feel the water? How often do you actually take an appreciation in the transformation of a plate that goes from dirty to being clean? How often do we look out the window while we're washing the dishes and we see a hummingbird? How often do we... um, take a, a, a moment to smell the scent of the soap that we're using. 
Now, if you think about that, most of the time we're going through life without any connection to our senses, without any connection to our body. And we're just kind of mindlessly doing the dishes and we're mindlessly vacuuming and we're mindlessly doing this and that. And we're really missing out on the gift of every single opportunity. So every single thing could be an adventure, could be a journey, could be a transformation if we see it that way. Um, and one of the things that I know from the people that I work with is that when they start to live their life from that place, everything externally begins to shift. So we don't look at things the same way. We don't see things the same way. Um, and even sometimes something that's very mundane cannot feel so mundane when we look through this different lens. Um, and it takes practice because it's no, we are hardwired not to live life through our senses. Because if you think from our childhood, you know, children are very sensory oriented from the time that they're born. And, and what happens is our senses begin to numb over time because of trauma. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you are human, you have endured trauma. And so over time, what happens is our senses become more and more dull because we go into a place of self-protection. And this is why as we go into adulthood, we look at everything from a place of, is this safe? Is, is, am I going to be okay in this situation? And our brain creates the, the conversation that our senses can actually create pain can create hurt and we have to work on reprogramming that information so that we don't have to shut down we don't have to live a very small and contracted life we don't have to live in constant fear and we can see everything from a whole um whole different perspective but that's just the way that we are and it happens unconsciously. We're not even conscious that we're doing it. Our senses begin to numb probably somewhere around the age of nine or 10. And earlier, if you've, if you've endured significant trauma. And our whole life's journey is to reconnect with our body, to reconnect with our senses, to reconnect with our aliveness that we were born with. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. I love it. So, I mean, it's... I think, I think it really is the way that we're, we're seeing things. Everything that's going on in the world right now, for me, is, is a concept of profound shadow activation. So everything, what we're experiencing now is not new. This has been happening for a very long time. It's just been periods where it's very covert and very suppressed. And then what happens is we have a trigger we have some type of activation. George Floyd is a perfect example of that. And then all of a sudden, everything that's been covert begins to come to the surface and all of the shadow pieces. So it gets very messy sometimes and very ugly sometimes. And, and sometimes it can bring out um, some of the deepest healing that needs to happen within each of us. All of our own judgments, all of our own wounds, all of our own trauma gets brought to the surface. 
And it's an opportunity for us to look at it, for us to see, okay, what do I, what is this here to show me? What is this here to teach me? But again, we're hardwired to go, ooh, I don't want to look at that because that's hard, that's painful, that's uncomfortable. But that's where the adventure is. That's where the aliveness is. That's where we need to go if we truly want to heal and if we truly want to live. Otherwise, we're just perpetuating the shadow over and over and over again. And the, and the d- divine part of the shadow is, is here to wake us up. It is here to help us heal. So we can look at any situation and we can see destruction, which sometimes needs to happen in order for new fertile growth. And we can also see adventure and transformation, which also needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So to me, the, this whole world, we are on one big adventure. You know, the human experience is one big adventure. And you get to choose how to play that out. And if it, if it, if for me, the way that I choose to play it out is to fully live it. And that includes to get beyond what I know, to get beyond what's familiar and to go out and seek and see and feel and sense what's around me. Hmm. Like, (laughs) oh, again, so many things. I wish I was like taking notes so I could ask every question, but that would take so long. Um, I, I was really thinking about, um, a a lot of what you were saying, but it it ties into another question that I had. So I'm going to, I'll stay a little bit on my track that I had here. Um, but I was thinking about when we, um, you and I have both said, and I love this actually, when I met you was when I knew I was like, Oh, she is my person. Um, because I have tried to, to share the message of inner transformation leads to global transformation. And that's definitely kind of what you are tapping into with that. And I have, I have heard people say, or whispers of the, the rumor, the myth that transformational travel is selfish because you're setting out into the world just for yourself. And you shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be focusing on yourself or, um, you know, and I, I had never even, it would have never crossed my mind to think that way. So one, I was like, Ooh, I love that. I was just challenged to think about that because is it selfish? Am I, am I doing something? Am I using resources, um, putting myself in a community for my purposes? Am I being selfish? And then, um, of course, then I, I started to think about that, that phrase of inner transformation leads to global transformation and, and really knowing that what I'm doing is anything but selfish, that it's like, it's how I express my commitment to bring more light to the world. And that when I have this personal experience, it will ripple out and it shows other people how to do that work and it shines a light on them. And it allows for us to then have the space to come and rise together. And I know that through the Global Healing Collective, that's it right that we we come together to do the work we do together and everyone does it in their own way but it's one piece of the puzzle and when we connect the pieces mm-hmm. i mean that's 
that's what we want. Right. So I would love, I don't, I'm again, I'm sure that just gave you a million things to share, but I, I, for people that don't really, um, that concept isn't maybe as available to them to understand how, when we do what we do for ourselves, that it does indeed ripple out, whether it's personally, professionally, and in a global perspective, I'll just, I'll give that to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, again, this is, there's so much here. So I have transformed the word selfish to selfful. And, uh, you know, there's, we, we all know the metaphors and, and the things that we say, well, you can't, you know, put your own max oxygen mask on first before you, for anyone else, or you can't serve from a, from an empty cup. We've all heard these metaphors and they're there because they're true. You know, again, I'm going to go back to, cause so much of the work that I do is about inner transformation for the purpose of external transformation. But we cannot, the, the internal, your internal landscape, you, let me put it this way, your, the external landscape is a reflection of the internal landscape. So a lot of times, again, through our childhoods, we get conditioned, we get taught consciously and unconsciously to put our needs last take care of other people. I mean, unless of course you're sociopathic and it's a whole nother story, but we're, we're conditioned to put other people's needs before our own. And this is, this is true for both men and women, but I think it primarily hits women um, to, to not ask for what you need, to diminish what you need, um, to hold space for others so that, you know, you're, you're last on the totem pole, so to speak. And what ends up happening over time, and everybody has experienced this, me included, what happens over time is we get burnt out, we get overwhelmed, we lose ourselves, we lose what's important to us, we begin, uh, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, for anyone who's ever saw the movie, The Shawshank Redemption, it's one of my favorite movies. And there's a line in that movie that says, we either get busy living or we get busy dying. And I think what happens through our life is that we're more focused on dying than we are on living. And we don't live by acquiescing our own inner transformation acquiescing our own needs, acquiescing what's important to us and what truly matters, acquiescing our energy and our internal resources, what actually builds is resentment. And when we build internal resentment, it becomes global resentment. Hello, turn on the news, right? And so what's happening for us is that what we're, we're actually having to recondition ourselves to say, yes, of course, other people matter. We're here to, to serve. We're here to give our gifts to other people. We're, we're here not only for the evolution of our own soul, but we're here for the evolution of everybody else's soul. All of that is true. But how can I do that if I can't even show up? If I can't even show up, how can I do that? How can I serve for my highest and greatest good? How can I hold space for other people's highest and greatest good? 
And so we really got to look at from the deep core level, all of these feelings of unworthiness, all of these feelings of I'm not good enough, all of these feelings of my, my needs and my feelings and everything that goes on inside of me doesn't matter. We have to really look at this. We have to heal it. Because if we don't, we're going to perpetuate it. That's what's happening right now. And so we have to look at this because hurt people hurt people. It's just a fact. And so my number one, uh, my number one job, and I believe everyone's number one job in this world is to heal themselves first so that they can be a conduit to help to guide and heal others. And if I am functioning from a very wounded place, from a very depleted place, then I am more likely going to wound other people, even if I'm doing it unconsciously. So to me, when I hear people say, oh, I, I, can't, I can't take that trip, that's selfish, or I can't, oh, the biggest thing, Christine, that, 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 that really gets me, is when people feel they cannot spend money on themselves or resources on themselves. I got to save that for, you know, my kids thing. I got to save that for a rainy day. I got to save that in case I have to put my parents X, Y, Z. And so we're always putting off and we're never giving to ourselves. But I will tell you, I know mothers and fathers out there, the moment their kid needs something to help them on an emotional mental level doesn't matter how much money it costs but it's very different the way that we see it for ourselves and so i always say that yes we can't be you know uh, we, we can't go into something like this mindlessly or just not not look at our greater resources but we need to really look at how we are very um conservative on how we support financially, emotionally, and otherwise our own evolution. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, every time you finish, I'm like, okay, let's just sit and be quiet for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. I'm like, I don't know. There's so much there too. Um, I, I'm going to first just go back to the, again, this is where we're just like soul sisters. I, I reinvented self selfish to selfful as well. And I definitely see the difference in that mind shift and you're, you can be doing the same action and with resentment and saying, Oh, I'm doing this for myself. I'm, you know, I'm so selfish. I can't believe I'm pulling away my time, my resources, whatever, from whatever else, or, I'm self-full and I'm nurturing myself and I'm, I'm giving to myself so that I can continue to give. Um, I think that's really important, really powerful awareness for people. And it's the same action. It can be the same action, but it's just how you are embracing it. And then um, the other thing that I think that I, I loved thinking about, and, you know, we say that we heal ourselves first, but I also love that that can be, and I think that you would agree, it can be like on a scale. We don't have, we're not ever going to be perfect. It's not going to be, the job's not going to be done. So some people might hear that and think, 
oh, okay. So I have all these things to do and then I can start, but it's like, I can do this first thing and then I can, I can, I can share that out and work from that space. And then I'll, I'll grow a little more and I can work from that space. And for me, I had this, um, that hit me with my, can, I was so drawn to people who were, were doing that. Like they, they had had their experience and they're putting themselves out and vulnerably sharing that. And they couldn't seem to be, they couldn't stop. Like, I just was like, what are they doing? Like, um, they're, they're showing their flaws. They're doing it on purpose. They, they, they can't seem to stop. Like they're addicted to it. And I'm like, what is that all about? That's terrifying. They shouldn't do that. Don't they know they should be hiding? And then I kept seeing it and I realized how much I wanted that for myself. And that's why I was so drawn to it. And then I realized that all of this work, we need to share it as much as possible because that's how we know it's available to us and other people know it's available to them and that like that our our shame and grows other people's shame and our pain grows other people's pain when we leave it there and when we let it out it just kind of dissipates and like our our truth like shows you your truth so we have to do it together like it can't it can't it is your own work but it isn't your own work i guess i think that makes sense <laughs> um so i i really that shared human experience i think i would love to go back to that because i think that's what um both of our travel experiences offer people is that thus the individual within the collective like we are doing this work but we're sharing it and so i might never have been able to see this in myself but when i see you going through it and accessing it then i realize either that's for me or it isn't for me but it's an awareness either way um so i for people that aren't familiar with wilderness walk what those experiences are like Maybe we can pull some of that in so people can have a better understanding of, of with the travel and the group work, um, what that looks like and feels like for people. Yeah. So you touched on something very big, which is that our emotions are the human equalizer. So it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what skin color you have. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, we've all experienced pain, yes, in different forms, yes, in different ways. Um, we all have had, uh, the, our wounds are not the same in the way that they get inflicted, but there's nobody who's been on the human experience who hasn't had heartbreak. There's no one on the human experience who hasn't felt loss. You know, there's no one in the human experience who hasn't felt rage or anger. And so it is an equalizer in many, many ways. And so the Wilderness Walk, the reason I, it all started from my own personal journey. Um, you know, I hiked a thousand miles across the country with my dog and I went with the intention of facing fear. Um, but what I didn't know was that I was not only going to face fear, but I was going to face every other shadow emotion that I had. I faced shame and anger and self-doubt and, um, uh, grief and, 
you know, uh, you know, all of the things that basically I had spent a lifetime running from. And, and again, we do run from these emotions because they're uncomfortable. Uh, so one of the things that I learned to be true, not only personally, but I've, with every person I've ever worked with and coached is the fact that the only way to really truly heal at a cellular level and the only way to experience some level of internal freedom is by being willing to turn and face all of the things that we have run from. And, uh, and so for me, when we can face those things, that when we can build a relationship with those things, when we can allow those things to be seen and heard, and the reason I do wilderness walks in small groups is because there is a power in being witnessed. You know, Brene Brown has a saying that shame can't live in the light. So when we expose it and we have the power of being witnessed, there's this incredible transformation that takes place where we get to look at, oh, okay, so I thought I was alone in all of this, but I'm really not alone in all of this. And there's this human equalizer that begins to happen, which helps to dissipate the otherness or the differentness, the, the, the lack of belonging, if you will. And we get to say, oh, okay, I'm human just like you. And one of the reasons why I share vulnerably in my work and I appreciate other people who share vulnerably in their work is because there is no hierarchy on this planet. You know, we've created that through our own egos, but at the core soul level, there is no hierarchy. You know, um, it's the whole concept of namaste, right? The spirit in me sees the spirit in you. And so, what we're really looking to do is, as I begin to heal, you know, courage is, is contagious, you know? So when I step up in courage, it was the whole, it was the whole um, intention behind the Me Too movement. You know, when one person steps up and says, me too, and then another person steps up and says, me too, and that begins to have a ripple effect then all of a sudden we have hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people standing up and saying, me too. And I think that that's what we need. We need to be able to step in and embody courage so that other people can step in and embody courage. And there isn't anybody who hasn't been through my work who wouldn't say that they were able to see themselves really for the first time and through a very um, raw and vulnerable lens. And when we can bring, bring compassion to those parts of ourselves, we have the capacity to bring more compassion out into the world, more compassion to each other. Um, so for me, it, it, is, it, it is an extension of internal excavation leads to external excavation. And we have to excavate in order to recreate. You know, everything that's happening right now with the coronavirus, you know, people are talking about, well, what is the new normal gonna be? What is the new normal? And we, I'm gonna go full circle back to adventure. Yesterday is gone. 
today, this moment, me and you having this conversation is the only thing that is happening in this moment with me and you. Tomorrow hasn't come yet. But the truth of the matter is, is that we have to get to a place where more and more of us are willing to really look deeply. And one of the ways that we can do it, there is no new normal. When you go on an adventure, when you say yes to something, you change. And you might change this much, or you might change this much, but you're different. Every experience creates something new within you. And so, um, so yeah, I feel, I feel very passionate about this. To me, this is my, my life's work and my life's path in, in every way, shape, or form. You know, there's this old saying, if you had one thing you could shout from a mountaintop, what would it be? And my one thing would be um, to make friends with your shadow so that you can come to a place of complete self-acceptance so that you can then accept and help others in their soul's evolution. Um, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> Again, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What I would love to think about from what you said, just because this is what stuck for me. I mean, so many beautiful things and true things, but I was thinking about for me when I started Lotus Sojourns and really wanted to connect with other women around the world and to see each other and share space. I didn't, I didn't really know why other than I kind of knew I, I just will. It just was the path that I was on. And I've slowly started to understand that more and more. And when I've been able to sit and share space with women and we can connect authentically. And like you said, we start to share our shared experiences, which often do turn to sharing difficulties and challenges and, um, and pains and hardships, because it's where we easily connect to one another. Um, it immediately breaks down barriers and provides connection and shows that shared humanity and it it does it builds the bridges that we need built it it creates that that human connection is alive and then we take that with us and when we we can't we can't shift back to any notion of other or separate or you're in this country or you're different like the more we repeat those experiences with our neighbors, with our friends, and, and with people as we travel, the more it shrinks everybody down into this one space. And so for me, that's part of my mountain. And also for me is really strongly allowing women to know their value and their worth and to know that they have a voice to speak. And I think that's what happens too in those shared circles is culturally a lot of um, women are are not allowed to use their voice and they see travelers come in and maybe um, through some of the exercises that I build into the itineraries, we really do tap into things that wouldn't happen in normal conversation. But then um, I see some of the women acknowledge like, that's my story. How do you have my story? 
and it's uh, it's profound i mean it's so powerful and it's just like when that moment happens that's for me like there that's what i i needed like you just got to be seen and they got to see you and that's the work that i'm doing and um i just i think that that's the the beauty of of traveling this way with this much intention and this much heart and this much purpose it's like it's really it's beyond travel but it just happens to encompass that you're going somewhere to make this happen and then like you said that that ex the the actual experience is what allows for it to happen and so it is really important but it's not the essential piece you can't just go to vegas and have this happen <laughs> you have to have well i mean you probably have a lot of transformation there too but <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the same same uh thing that we're looking at um i'm gonna let start to wrap this up but i would love for people who um, have been inspired by what you've been sharing who want to learn more about either global healing collective and and uh leadership and and that aspect of your work or wilderness walk how can they learn more about uh, where to find you and what you do yeah so i mean you can go to either of the websites it's globalhealingcollective.org um, or thewildernesswalk.com um so that's probably or follow me on social media um you know any of those venues you know people can tap into what i'm doing and what we're you know what we're about there's we do have a a free online group for global healing collective um that you can share if you want uh you know so for me again it's it's about um one of the things that you said earlier that I thought was beautiful is how it's all just different pieces of a puzzle. And what we know to be true about puzzles is that when there are missing pieces, the full vision, the full puzzle doesn't fully make sense. And so everybody being a piece of that puzzle and allowing us, and this is my piece of the puzzle, you know, so Global Healing Collective and the Wilderness Walk are just my pieces of the puzzle. Um, and Lotus Sojourns is your piece of the puzzle. So I love how that we can all bring something to offer as, a, as an opportunity to allow people to get to where they want to be or need to be in order to serve at the highest level that they can serve. Thank you. Um, and I, I would actually just for anyone who's listening, like to um, kind of reiterate what I said before, but I would welcome them if this is scary, but piques their interest to go ahead and dive in and know that they'll be welcome wherever they are on their journey. Because in the year since I've met you, I think it's only been a year, although it feels like a really long time, maybe it's two years. <laughs> it feels like a very long time and the, uh, the amount of growth that I've had through this community has been immense. And every step of the way, there was someone there who was experiencing something similar that I could relate to and connect with. So I wouldn't want people to feel like they didn't know enough to be welcome or that they needed to be already expecting more of themselves if they just give themselves the gift to open the door, that it will be waiting for them and they'll, they'll be able to take from it what they need right now so i just want to um to to put that out there to people to know that they they can just step in and and be welcome and i appreciate 
you creating that space for that to happen as well because that I think would be challenging but it is true so thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening to soul of travel I hope you enjoyed the journey if this sounds like your community welcome I'm so happy to connect with you You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here, you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.